Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hey, welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. You're listening in on 8.55am, 3CR Digital or 3cr.org.au. This is Brainwaves. My name is Lauren and I'm joined in the studio with Rebecca. And today we are talking to Sam Webb from Livin, or you might know him as Sam from Survivor. Um, We're going to be talking a little bit about his personal journey with mental illness, his charity... Um, as well. And just a forewarning though, we might talk a little bit about suicide and um, self-harm. So if those topics don't interest you or if they make you uncomfortable, please tune out. Hi Sam, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate uh, your time and helping spreading the, m- the message and the love. Yeah. So you were recently a contestant on the first series of Australian Survivor. Could you explain their experience to those listeners unfamiliar with the show? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Australian Survivor was unfamiliar for me, even applying for the show. I've never watched it. I never I never really understood it until I was out on the island by myself with a, a bunch of uh, legends in my tribe. So mm. they had to put up with me asking a thousand plus questions. But I guess to answer your question, the, the experience in itself was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. I was mm. completely vulnerable. I was out there with the clothes on my back, not not really knowing what, what to expect and yeah, every day was almost like living with a mental health challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, so did the experience teach you anything about your own mental health? Yeah, definitely. I, I pulled on resilience and gratitude and just general appreciation. I, I've always been very grateful in my life, but, I mean, when you're out there and you don't have anything, we decided to put ourselves in that situation. People live that life regardless. Mm-hmm. So I have became extremely grateful for the things that I have in my life and I don't really like to, to be referring to things as, as happiness anymore. I'm all, I mean, everything in life's all about your intrinsic and the way how you feel inside yourself. Mm-hmm. And you don't need nice cars, houses, flash things to, to, to feel good and, and to have a good life. Mm-hmm. And that's what really opened up my eyes. Like I had nothing out there, no phones, laptops, computers, no connection with the outside world. And I was extremely happy and a lot less, a lot less uh, stressed. Yeah, especially because you wouldn't have had much material out there anyway. None. Yeah, none. So, yeah. Uh, so, you set up a charity following the loss of a friend. How how did that affect your mental health? Yeah, uh, Dwayne passed away in September 15, 2013. It was a tipping point in my life. I, I've suffered from mental ill, you know, mental Ill health in years prior and I've lost people in my family to suicide so mental health was always something extremely close to my heart and my mm. family's heart and the moment Dwayne passed away the night that he opened up to me it, it changed it rocked my whole world and I was in a pretty vulnerable you know mental ill health situation myself at the time so it was sort of like two dudes talking to each other about not being 100% well mm-hmm. and 
it was the moment that I felt I needed to make a change because if I didn't, I well and truly could have possibly been where he was. Mm. And um, Casey and myself started living momentarily straight pretty much after that had occurred and um, we're just trying to stop people from having to fight demons that we've had to fight and his family and um, everyone else that suffers with mental health challenges. It's like a ripple effect, so we're just trying to make a change. Yeah. So that's sort of the main implication of the charity is just to get people to speak up about what's going on in their life. Yeah, yeah. our mantra is it ain't weak to speak. So mm. if, if you don't speak, no one really knows because you can hide mm. the mental illness really well. And yeah. some people hide it like nothing's wrong. And Dwayne yeah. was one of them. And from an outsider looking in, if you don't say anything, it's no one's going to ask, are you okay or can I help you? So mm. it comes across like they don't care, but they really do care, but they can't see it. So why would someone ask, you don't look well or you're not seeming 100% mm. because they're not showing off any signs. Mm. So we're just trying to promote people to speak up and seek help. Mm. I think it's really important as well. It's definitely something that everyone kind of needs to know that it's okay to speak out about mental health. Like it's mm. it's okay. Yeah, especially I think it also comes into a little play about masculinity as well. Like we've had Movember on the show before and they talked a lot about how for men especially it's really, really hard to speak up and say, look, I have a problem because it's deemed, you know, weak and demoralising. But it's really not like it's okay to speak up about things. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think speaking up is a, is a, it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of strength. I think mm. it's probably one of the hardest cogs in the chain and I think the amount of people that say to us post, you know, doing sessions and speaking and things like that, they're like, oh, I so wish I spoke up sooner and I didn't have to live the last three years in a lie or mm. I didn't have to, you know, go through all that brain pain for so long. It's definitely helped me out. So, yeah, it's good. Mm, yeah. So creating a charity must have been a massive, like a massive job. How has living grown over the past few years? It, it's Yeah, starting a charity has been huge. It's, a, it's a, a lot of responsibility and a lot of ongoing requirements and commitments it's 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 a lifelong project now and it's something that you know I've, i'm in this wholeheartedly as, as is casey and, and everyone else and um from here i mean living's it's only going to grow and we wouldn't be where we are without the support and help we get from everyone so we're extremely grateful and appreciative mm. so your charity also sells clothing that have your slogans on them yep. what does the role of the clothing play for you the clothing is a massive part of what we do because it creates a conversation People mm. ask questions, what's living all about? What's it ain't weak to speak? And they'll get researching or they'll start asking questions. And the amount of time it's even started the conversation where sh- someone shared their story and said, oh, look, you know, it just makes people feel like they can own their mental health challenge in a way or mm. they've got a connection to it. And it's, it's helped us start that conversation that's been very taboo for, for quite a long time. It still is, but, you know, hopefully day to time we're, we're, we're knocking that down. Mm, and, and it is helps. and it is spreading awareness because mm. when you see someone wearing a t-shirt it's like if you don't know what like what the slogan is like it's a perfect conversation starter as well mm. yeah definitely yeah 100 it's a, it's definitely an aware, awareness raising strategy we have mm. yeah so one thing that makes living unique is that it isn't set up by psychologists or doctors but by everyday people who are unexpectedly impacted by mental illness do you think it gives the charity a unique perspective yeah definitely i think we're just everyday people talking with everyday people so we can connect we can relate and i think that compassion and that em- empathic feeling around living proof and, and a lived experience i think speaks volumes about the community that mm-hmm. is getting built around living and other community organizations that are speaking the same sort of language 
I think it'd be different if we got up in suit and ties and spoke around corporate and, and tried yeah. to read textbooks. It just wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't be the same. Yeah, and I guess that's next question as well, that the slogan, it ain't weak to speak, that's very colloquial Australian as well a little bit. Mm. Is, that, is that sort of where it came from, just sort of being a bit casual, everyday slogan for everyone? Yeah, and it's a bit slang just to throw a little bit of a... Yeah. I actually was looking at maybe changing it, and I'm, I'm glad we didn't. It was... Um, Casey's like, nah, we got to the... One of the boys actually come up with it, it ain't weak to speak, and it just stuck. And further in the track, I was like, should it be, it isn't weak to speak? It isn't weak to speak or it ain't weak to speak? But very, very happy we stuck with it, ain't weak to speak. Yeah, it sounds mm. very Australian as well. So you kind of can assume that, like, mm. it's Australian charity. Yeah, mm. it just sounds ochre and it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it is. is. Takes a bit of that polish off it, you know? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so on for, from your personal opinion, do you think the failure to speak up is particularly common common um among men yeah definitely especially with all the shame and the fear of judgment and stigma that's associated with mental health people will you know work tirelessly to hide how they feel or they'll bottle it up and hold on to their emotions and now nah, i'll be right i'm going to get over it and they fight with that for years hmm. yeah and it's it's that tough it up masculinity yeah problem that i think a lot of the males feel like they have to uphold all the time but i was thinking of breaking it down slowly but surely yeah. yeah. Do you think that we're getting better at slowly coming to terms with speaking out about mental illness? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I've seen a lot of mental health and, and mental health awareness or mental ill health awareness is, is pretty a hot topic at the moment. It's getting yeah. spoken about, you know, in all different facets of life. And I think, yeah, it's definitely getting spoken about more. And we're hearing about it more often, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it can go both ways, but it, we've just got to be careful that, you know, we just look out for one another. Mm. Could you tell our listeners at home um, what are some of the warning signs that someone needs help, that someone's not doing too great? Yeah, definitely. Like you, you get the, you know, from an outsider looking in, everyone sometimes assumes that a, a person that's struggling from a mental health challenge or a mental illness, you know, you look for signs, they're probably looking for signs of not coming out of their bedroom or crying all the time or being upset and being disconnected and being... So, you know, being very isolated, they're all warning signs. But what we mustn't forget and ignore is the fact that being the life of the party or being extremely extroverted, very loud, outgoing, these are obvious, you know, they, these are signs that people mistaken for just this guy's happy or he's killing it. Mm. The amount of people that I've, you know, lost in my life that have been the life of the party and no one would ever see it coming, mm. it's scary. And it's what we call smiling depression. So let's, yeah, if I can educate anyone who's listening, definitely keep in mind that, you know, it's not all about the things that you'd expect, like the sadness and the, you know, isolation, agitation, loss of joy, disconnection from sports activities they once were very involved in. Mm. They're all warning signs, but they're not the only warning signs. I think we've got to keep an eye out for the ones that are extremely out there and loud in your face yeah it's not all textbook symptoms no it's definitely not yeah and i think society has a lot of blame as well like it's not just about those people speaking up it's also about how society represents mental Mm. health in their own system also Um, like social media as well lately because it's on the rise as well Mm. yeah Yeah, definitely do you think that society maybe has a little bit of a problem with acknowledging this like yeah, mental I th- health stuff. Yeah, I think so. I think um, 
society has a definitely a, a position to play in, in in you know not really endorsing it and speaking up about it. But I think if more community groups and more organisations come together and do promote it and endorse mm-hmm. it, I think and, and increase that education, I think more people will speak about it. So more people will accept it. People won't be able to run away from it anymore. Organisations won't be able to, you know, covert or run beelines and say, oh, run off topic and try and blame something else. They're going to have to start sooner or later mm-hmm. acknowledging that mental health is a real problem and it's a challenge and it happens in every aspect of life for everyone. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, so a big part of Living's work um, is speaking to kids and young young people in schools. How important is the education to ensure the next generation don't grow up with the same bad attitudes towards um, discussing like mental health? It's absolutely probably top of mind. It's top of priority. It's it's extremely important that this has changed from a younger age, and that's why we educate from a young age. So we can start seeing a generational shift or a generational change because we can we can talk all day every day to you know fifty plus year old people working in corporates and stuff like that. But where it's going to be made a change is people from a young age, with that you know before their subconscious knows, and then they can grow up and tell their kids and their family that it's okay to speak up, and then we'll gradually get rid of that old traditional view viewpoint of suck it up, princess, you'll be right. Let's get over it because we don't tell people to get over a broken leg or run it off. You're going to get yeah. better in a week. So why do people say that now with mental health challenges? Mm. You know, it's no different. And, we and should I think start. it's just recognising that yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's all around education. Everything is around education. There's a lack of it. And hopefully with funding and, and everything else, that it, we can start seeing this actually mandatory in schools, like a topic that should be covered in schools. Yeah, mm. especially because nowadays there are so many more avenues for children to develop mental health problems, especially with things like bullying and social media. So... It's really got to come into play sometime soon. Otherwise, these kids are going to grow up and not know how to deal with things. And yeah, mm. it's just going to, I feel like it will just repeat itself mm. from what everyone else has experienced. Like, I feel like it'll just increase and then get worse over time to a point where, where it'll be a real struggle to help. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It. I agree. And yeah, bullying's a big part of this too. It's a massive part in the schoolyard. People used to go home to their sanctuaries and feel safe, but nowadays there is no sanctuary because you've got online trolls and, yeah. and everything else. And um, we've we got to acknowledge that as well. Yeah, Keep and that's the thing awful. as well. It's not only kids who bully anymore. It's people like adults on Facebook, adults on social media who yeah. don't agree with other people's opinions. Yeah, definitely. Mm. So what strategies is Living teaching young children about um, how to deal with mental health problems for the future? I guess it's more about... The prevention sites are recognising, being aware, um, teaching awareness, I think, is key. Um, giving people the tools and the strategies to be able to help themselves, help someone else, ask the right questions, um, and knowing where to get professional help from. Mm-hmm. I think from an all-round perspective, it's not about making it too complex, just about being very simple but effective and increasing that mental health understanding. So mm-hmm. if we can save one life doing that, it's a success, but the project's far bigger than that now. Mm-hmm. So some people are ge- genetically pre- predisposed to mental illness, but social factors are often responsible for pushing people over the edge. Uh, what do you think the measures could be we take as a such as a society to reduce the risk of suicide? It's a great question. I mean, as a society, I think we've just got to to reduce to reduce the rates of suicide. I think we just got to. I think it's still all around education. I think there has to mm. just be more 
not not necessarily spoken about all the time because it, like anything, too much of something's not always good. Mm. But I think it just needs to be accepted for what it is. Too many times is people, you know, ignoring it or making excuses. It just needs to be dealt with. It needs mm. to have. It needs to be spoken for what it is, and why it is, and. People just need to accept that and, and be aware that it exists and not try and run run the other way when mm. it gets spoken about because that just creates more dramas for people that may be suffering, that make them feel more alone, loss of hope, loss of everything. Mm. Yeah, we definitely have this, this thing in society where we don't like to talk about suicide and we don't like to focus on the reasons why somebody might have committed suicide and we, we definitely brush it under the rug a lot. All the time. It's way too much for what it should be um because yeah. I think everything's kind of like I know from when I was growing up like my family's always been very private people and I think as you grow up and as you like you want to start developing like who you are as a person and then you've got the social media aspect involved I think it's really hard to be open about some things because there's I think there's a risk like how like how open you can be about certain issues and I think especially social media has played a a huge role in that where people are now starting to send their own stories out about their own mental health and how they've gotten through, which I think is really inspiring. It's definitely Mm. something. It creates a lot of hope for people that don't see it. Yeah, definitely. Options options is key. What does living hope to do for the future? A lot of exciting stuff in the pipeline for living. I mean, yeah, it's it's always exciting because we're trying to be relatable. We want to stay in the young demographic, twelve to twenty five is our is our core core age demographic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, exercise, fitness apparel might be in the pipelines down the track. You know, we're, we're looking at virtual psychology spaces, tech. Um, while tech and, and online presence can have a very negative effect on people's lives, I think there's a lot of positive that can can mm-hmm. use for and. Mm-hmm a lot of the younger generation there's not a lot of resilience anymore like there used to be i think resilience has definitely decreased and we've got to start building that resilience up so um and 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 people aren't as patient as they used to be people want things now with the speed of technology growing people don't want to wait you know a week to see a psych or two weeks to see a doctor it's just too long yeah people and especially young people make impulsive decisions because they can't wait they think it's the end of the world so we need to give them what they need now Hmm. So into that space maybe, yeah. offering live, yeah, on-demand help. Yeah, I think that's really important because, like you said, there's such a long wait list to see somebody here. And mm. If you don't have that help straight away or if you don't have somebody to talk to, even if it's not a psychologist, even if it's just a friend, like where else do you go? There's, yeah. there's nothing left. Yeah. Um, on that note, we've said a lot about speaking up and talking about mental illness, but there's also an aspect of listening and listening to your friends and listening to your peers about um, mental illness. How can family or friends approach this topic if they suspect somebody they know might be suffering? Another great question. Another <laughs> great question. And I think it's it, it, from a non... I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, so professional help and professional advice I cannot give. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will... I, I can say is from a personal experience is you're not expected to know all the answers. You're not expected to fix and help someone today. Mm-hmm. No one, you can't help everyone, but you've got to keep in mind that if you don't have the answers, that's fine. You've got to give yourself permission to not not know everything because no one knows everything. Mm. So if you don't know something, ask. Ask a question. Listen. 
Mm. I think listening is the most important thing, but listening with intent to help, not just half listening or just in the one out the other, you know what I mean? I mean, it has to be listening with the intent to help make a change mm. is super important. But, yeah, and if you don't know, ask. Ask someone else. If in doubt, reach out. Mm. That's my, my, my infamous tagline, if in doubt, reach out. <laughs> it's a good one. It's definitely a good one. Um, so what would you say to anyone who was considering taking their own life? For anyone, if there's anyone considering taking their own life, yeah, hope helps heal. And, we, you know, the world needs you here tomorrow and, and in the darkest of times you might not think anything differently or no one cares, but there is people out there that love you, there is people out there that care for you and there is people out there that will get you back on track to start living again. But you've just got to hold on. Be patient, be persistent, and try and remain calm. I know it's easy said because I've trained my brain over the last seven years, but if you're ever struggling, hold on because life changes very fast and it can only take one single thing to change your entire mental health. Okay, it could be someone smiling at you, it could be someone asking the right question, it could be a job offer that you get. Your whole attitude can change in a, in a in an instant, so don't make any quick, informed, impulsive decisions that could change your life and, and those around you. Because it's it's um it's real. It does happen. And um, yeah, the advice that I'd give on top of that is I've spoke to a lot of suicide attempt survivors, and they've all regretted it. They've all regretted trying to take their own life, mm. and all they want to do is end the pain and to you know, get help and there mm. is definitely help out there. You've just got to hold on, 100%. Yeah. Thank you so much for all the information about that. Um, if people want to find out more about living, where can they go to? Yeah, for sure. Any support and, and um, help is much appreciated. They can head to living.org.au, uh, jump online, help us out, wear our merchandise, volunteer, get get to our events, get involved, live it, rep it and share it. Mm. We're all we're all part of the one family doing good things. So welcome aboard. Yeah, thank you so much, Sam, for coming thank on the show you. today. No worries. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thank you. And that's all we have time for for Brainwaves on today. You can catch more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au, or you can stream them on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on iTunes. If you have any show ideas you want to pitch to us, you can email us brainwaves at wellwaves.org. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for a new episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.